Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 69 of The Other Six Podcast. My name is Chad Boak, and I am your host. Joining me once again in the studio, my co-host, our worship pastor, the man who says geology rocks, but geography is where it's at, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Matt Collins. Matt, how are you today, sir? I'm doing good, man. Good, man. It's good to see you. Also joining us. I missed in the, it. Yeah, right? It's been, it's been too it's been long. A, it's been a hot minute. Also joining us in the studio, our lead pastor, Adam Bishop, today known as Ugga. How are you today, sir? No <laughs> doubt. <laughs> Fantastic, okay. Chad. Good. Could not be better. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, so, so we have to acknowledge, obviously, we are filming this. Most folks are going to listen to this after the game is played, mm-hmm. but the national championship game between Georgia and TCU is this evening. That's right. And you are representing the home team. Very proud Representing of you. well. As I shared with my three boys this morning. <laughs> Maybe once in your lifetime do you get an opportunity to watch your team win back-to-back championships. Right. <laughs> that once in my lifetime is tonight. It's today. That's right. So it's I'm happened. a little fired up about it, and I think we can all agree, regardless of what team you cheer for, mm-hmm. um, as Southerners who most of us cheer for teams in the South, right. we cannot live in a world where TCU is the college football <laughs> national champion. Okay? So let's just all unite around that. I, I'm for you it. Know, last year I couldn't, you know, I mean, look, I got a lot of fans, a lot of friends are Alabama fans, right. and and, uh, you know, we were playing Alabama, and so I mutual respect there. Uh-uh. Not yeah. this year. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no. We're all joining hands and singing, singing, <laughs> yelling, right. singing. screaming. <laughs> Go dogs. All right? Yeah. So uh, we'll, we're going to hopefully uh, bring home the championship, but there are no guarantees, right. which is why they play the game, and we can talk about other things. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, gentlemen, it, you know, not to not to do the dad joke, but we haven't done this podcast since last year, and uh, wow. and so we, there, we got a lot of catching up to do. So there's been a lot that's happened between uh, here and there, Christmas Eve and trips and all kinds of yeah. stuff. So, so Adam, we'll start with you, man. Tell us, uh, tell us how it's been for you. Yeah, last couple so weeks. Morgan and I celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary. Congratulations! Congrats. Uh, yeah. Yep, January 3rd. So we went out to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, just the two of us. How was that? Oh my gosh, it was amazing. Yeah. It was beautiful. Um, never been out there. I'd always wanted to go. And, oh really? Um, yeah, never been out there. Okay. Um, anytime I go west, I typically would go to Colorado, and then <laughs> right. obviously we lived there for a few years. But um, man, it was beautiful. Super cold, uh, which is what we were going for. I okay. don't think the temperature got above 20 or 22 degrees wow. all the time we were there. I've never um, been that cold. <laughs> snow everywhere. So we did, you know, snowshoeing and snowmobiling and hiking and yeah. looking at wildlife. And uh, we saw bison and moose and bighorn sheep, which those suckers are big. Yeah. <laughs> I have a new appreciation for mascots like the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. I've always thought like a ram, like a sheep. Well, how no, big is uh, Oh, dude, these things are massive. Okay. And I mean, and they got the big old horns on yeah. them. And you don't mess with them. They're yeah. like, they travel in packs. <laughs> so I saw one up close, like, we're going to keep moving. So uh, okay. it was yeah. great. We had a great time and um, good trip, but it was good to get back. Good. Uh, yeah. Good to get back. We flew in, I guess, last Friday, uh, Friday, yeah. and um, late, late, late Friday night, drove over. Anyway, so good trip. Glad yeah. to be back. I'm excited for the new year. Yeah. How about you, Matthew? Me- I celebrated a birthday. Oh, Yay. yeah, that's right. Happy Thir- birthday. 33. There you 33. go. 33. <laughs> <Even> Jesus. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Scotty yeah. Pippen. That's right. Yeah, there yeah, we go. yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus. It's been a while since we've done, <laughs> hey, Adam, tell us about yeah. significant numbers Chad in sports. Jesus. I thought of Scotty Pippen. Yeah, so. yeah, Scotty Pippen. <laughs> <laughs> that works. Well, good. Hell yeah, all right. Yeah, so, good, good vacation good, time. Good family, vacation. Yeah. yeah, we cooked some steaks on my birthday, and uh, it was really nice. Yeah. So, yeah, that's about all we did. Good for you, man. That's awesome. back and hung out. Yeah. Yeah, we, we had a good time off. Uh, we got to go on the student trip to Strength to Stand up oh. in uh, Pigeon Forge. So it was awesome because, you know, now that, that Matt Aldridge, our student pastor, is here, uh, I got to kind of just go as a dad. So, cool. you know, Lena, my eighth <laughs> grader, went. So we had a really good time. And uh, uh, I got to tell you, man, we had... 
this double decker bus. I was about to ask. Sh- yeah, right, I heard about this double decker bus, dude. It was it it was so nice. It was like a touring bus. I've never been on a double decker bus. It's pretty well, awesome. It's they, pretty they, awesome. They, yeah. So we became known at the conference where there's thousands and thousands of students as the the student ministry with the double decker bus. We were we were celebrities. That's, that's like, how we roll. That's, yeah, yeah, that's how we roll. And so, and so name so all, it, claim it, man. Yeah. It's one of those churches. Double decker yeah. bus. Well, no. So <laughs> we got prosperity gospel that church. Yeah, they're riding a double decker. That's right. Exactly. So our pastor's gonna fly in on his jet any minute. That's right. Sorry, no, I it was say that out loud. I did. <laughs> no, it was awesome. The, the guy that owns it, yeah, he's a friend of ours and cut us a great deal and, and was helping us out. So that's how we got the double decker bus. You, you have one. The double- you have we one. Do. We do. Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. Everyone who calls Vaughn first home, you have a friend. That's you correct. Double decker yeah, bus. His, his name's Sadler. He's a great guy. So, Sadler. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. his first name. Uh, that's his that's only. That's what you call yeah, it. That's what we know him as. So, but no, great guy. We had a great time. You know, it was so much fun. Had concerts. Crowder and KB both did concerts they nice. were both just inc- i mean like high energy from start to finish i mean just insane that's cool those are yeah. two great performers i got a couple of text messages from some folks while y'all were on the trip talking about what a great time they were yeah. having so yeah, yeah, that's yeah. really good i'm glad that went well and, and we got to see there was still some snow on the ground in pigeon forward so like you're driving through tennessee and as soon as you see it i hear this scream from up on the second you know uh, <laughs> floor of the bus and uh, everybody's seen snow like some of these students for the first time ever right, i think right yeah. Yeah. Wow. so it was yeah. uh and so of course they get out and try to make a snowball and it's just ice and I, throwing at each Only in ice. Alabama could we get five straight days in the teens and <laughs> right, no, snow. no snow. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> but then it rains again the next yeah, day and it's 40 literally. degrees. Yeah, that's so, right. Exactly. Missed the mark Man, just a little bit there. Man, we had that cold there. weather and no snow. Yeah. I thought we were going to get some. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys lit- get uh, water pipes Breaking all over your property? Is that just me? That was. Uh, did that happen to you? Oh yeah. Oh. You know where we live, oh, man. Yeah. Old yeah. house, old property. I spent two days. I wrapped every exposed pipe on my property oh. and still had two of them break. Wow, <laughs> so, that's fun. Yeah. yeah. No, Thanks. we. I read somewhere. I saw something that said like you. You haven't lived in the South until you've walked outside in flip flops and shorts to wrap your pipes for that night. You know right. where it's going to freeze. So. <laughs> Thankfully, there were pipes in the barn, not in the okay. house. So yeah. you didn't need them. Okay. Yeah. Or it's it, not as important. It's easier to shut off the water. Right. Yeah, just shut the off. Yeah. yeah, but there we were. My dad was in town. On this weekend, so we did some father-son bonding, bonding. while we were yeah, fixing some pipes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad to hear y'all didn't run into those problems. No, hey, Dad, no, no, come no. fix these pipes for me, man. Yeah, no, it was it was <laughs> really bring good. My children back. Yeah. <laughs> but backing up a couple of days before that, I want to talk a little bit about our Christmas Eve service because yeah. that was fantastic. We yeah. had a bunch of folks here show up for that. The message was great. The worship was fantastic. And uh, man, what a what a great night that was. And I know it's kind of hard to talk about Christmas Eve now that we're like into the new year a bit. It really was only a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. It seems yeah, like. Yeah. It was Feels like an eternity. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I thought the uh, the production team, worship team, yeah. all just was it a string job. quartet, trio, it's a duo? Tr- what would we a, call it's that? A trio. Trio. Yeah, they were yeah. awesome. Yeah. They great job. Great having yeah. them here. So it's yeah. really cool to see. And then uh, I loved uh, the finger lights for the kids yeah. and then getting to see everyone with the candles. I think we posted some pictures from that. I may or may not have kept a few. Uh, hey, nothing <laughs> wrong with that. They're all over my house. Matt's over at his house with all five fingers all five lights fingers on lit up. Yeah, there you go. Ooh. That was awesome. And uh, so, yeah, Christmas Eve service, student trip. Uh, hopefully folks got a little bit of downtime. And and then we are in the middle of our Christmas offering. You gave us a little bit of an update on that Sunday. But I want to I want to talk about that real quick before we kind of jump into the subject for the day. Yeah, so what did I say in the message? One 150, and then this morning we're in a meeting, and it's 159. Yes, so yes, so now we're at 159, so we're getting closer to our goal of 200,000. Um, so yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah, Yeah. um, I thank you to so many of you who have given, and Hardy and his team does a great job managing all of that. But uh, yeah, that's going to fully fund these uh, five initiatives in the new year. Yeah, and we're taking the month of January to really just focus on each initiative, kind of from a vision perspective, talking about what God's word has to say. It's kind of the why behind the what, like, why is it that we're focusing on this initiative? 
initiative. And um, I have obviously been looking forward to this uh, sermon series for a while. Right. So I'm really excited to get to talk about these um, j- from the perspective of, okay, so here's now what we get to do in the new year yeah. when it comes to these yeah. initiatives. So it's exciting. Yeah, that's, that's really good. Well, we started our new series, Now is the Time, and which is the name of our special offering, mm-hmm. Now is the Time special offering. And in uh, kind of as we go throughout this, we're unpacking you know different initiative each week, all that. And this week we started talking about our uh, special needs ministry that we're yeah. going to be launching here at Vaughn Forest, and and I, I am I am just so excited uh, about this. So, what? Tell me a little bit. Like, what's the genesis of this initiative? What what started us going? Okay, we need to have a special needs ministry for these individuals and their families. Why did we decide to do this now? So, if you're asking for the genesis of this initiative. I'll have to take you back to the sixth grade. Okay. So I was in the sixth grade, um, and, you know, did y'all have lockers in the sixth grade? Mm-hmm. Some, yes. some middle schools mm-hmm. yeah, do, yeah, some yeah. don't. So we had lockers in the sixth grade. It's the first time I'd ever had a locker. Pretty big deal. You know, oh, memorize yeah. the combination, you know, all you that kind little, of stuff. get the little, like, organizer Man, I, I, in there. I had a lot of anxiety to remember my yeah, combination. I was like, I what had, if I get locked um, out? No, I didn't have any kind of organizer, uh, but I had a Braves tomahawk <laughs> that hung on the inside <laughs> of my locker. So that's really all I remember. Other than my locker was beside a kid named Joey. Okay. And Joey was the first uh, person that I ever uh, came into contact with who I would now understand uh, to be special needs. Okay. So as a sixth grade kid, um, I, I didn't really know a lot about, you know, what that meant. And um, and so I, you know, went home and started asking a lot of questions and trying to learn and figure it out. And um, no one told me to do this, but I just kind of felt – in, inside and internally, like I need to look out for this guy. Yeah. Mm. Um. Because man, sixth grade is really hard. I can't imagine being in his yeah. shoes. How yeah, hard that okay. would be. Yeah. And Joey was nonverbal. Um. Mm. And, and you know, this would have been I don't know, 1990, maybe 1991. There weren't as many well-developed programs in public yeah. schools, yeah. at least where I grew up. And so he was just kind of on his own, you know. So I don't know. I kind of just felt like. Um, you know, Joey's somebody I should look out for. Now, years later, I think about five or six years ago, I took an Enneagram. So my Enneagram, I have two of them. One of them is like a protector. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know at the time, but that's just kind of how God wired me. Gotcha. Okay, So look out for the person who nobody else was looking out for. So um, fast forward about two or three months into the school year, I ended up taking two punches for Joey one day. Really? Yeah, oh. in PE class. Um, every middle school has that one guy that's failed sixth grade three or four times, and he's now <laughs> driving to school and has a mustache. Right. So in my school, that kid was named Eddie Riggs. Okay. And so Eddie Riggs, Eddie Riggs. You know, you're his, listening, shout his out. voice had already changed. <laughs> right. He had a mustache. I'm pretty sure he did drive to school, and yeah. so he was picking on Joey. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, of, and, of, and of all places, the locker room where you had to change clothes for PE as a sixth grader. Again, we really? were Gen Xers. <laughs> Nobody looked out for us. Right. You know, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. they'll be fine. So we're all in there, and he starts picking on Joey. And I just said, like, you know, hey man, leave him alone. Just something, you know, pretty mm-hmm. simple like that. Because I me, mean, Eddie, you know, I knew could kill me at any sure. moment. So he looked at me and said, "What'd you say?" And this would have been a good chance to say, like, huh? I said, "Hi, Eddie." But no, <laughs> hey, of course, right. now I repeated myself. And so then Eddie proceeded to punch me as hard as he could, like right in the face. And I learned a really important lesson that day. If somebody punches you in the face, don't smile at them because <laughs> they'll punch you again. Oh, no. <laughs> so that's exactly what happened. I smiled at Eddie. He punched me again. Oh, my gosh. And by this point, after having taken two shots from Eddie, um, uh, somebody yelled for a PE coach. He comes in and gets Eddie and takes Eddie to the office or whatever. And I'm trying to not cry, but like I'm right. in a lot of pain, so yeah. I'm crying. I can imagine And so. so later in the day when Eddie rejoined our class, he came up to me and he said, I'm sorry. 
And um, I said, it's all right. I said, I just think we need to look out for him. And he said, you're right. And Eddie ended up becoming a friend. And the Lord just really kind of used that whole experience in my life as a sixth grade kid to kind of just help me see some things that I hadn't been thinking about before. And um, and then when I got to college, um, I was a part of a, a um, scholarship program that required us to do community service mm-hmm. um, in lots of different ways. And, and I didn't have a car my entire freshman year of college, and I was um, three hours away from home, so that created a little bit of a challenge. So I had to figure out how to do my community service in places that I didn't have to travel very far. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. And so this family came and met with us. There was about 20 of us who were college students, and uh, Jill and Ian were their names. And they said, we have a three-year-old little boy. His name is Kieran. He's recently been diagnosed with autism. Mm. Now, I, again, I'm a freshman in college. I don't really know what autism is. Sure. And and she said, we are trying to build a team um, that can work with him uh, both at home and at his preschool and just kind of help him. And if you're interested, like, we'll train you and we'll teach you and we'll feed you. And I'm like, hey, all right. You know? And so <laughs> no it <more>. was um, – <laughs> And then, I'll, I mean, I think I can say this um, now, and everybody can get a good laugh out of this. Like, everyone that volunteered to do this, they were all really pretty college girls. So right. I'm like, I'll, hey, I mean, look, I'll volunteer, I'll volunteer as well. Tribute, yeah. So, you know, I ended up like, being a, on this team. It changed my life. Yeah. yeah. That family, Jill and Ian and Kieran, who I still t- stay in touch with to this day, Kieran is now in his mid 20s. Mm. And um, working with him for the entire time I was in college, and, and, and seeing the challenges that his family faced, both at home and at school. And they really did become my family, like while I was yeah, in college. I ate cool. dinner with them. Yeah. And, um, I think I even stayed with them at one point because I was taking like a May term class and the mm-hmm. dorm was closed. So they, they became my home away from home. Mm-hmm. And I watched this little boy um, struggle with things that like, I had just taken for granted. I, yeah. I didn't know that there were some kids that the milestone markers that you look for in children's lives, it was going to be a lot more challenging for Kieran. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, but we worked with him and we tried to help him and he had this Ziploc bag of letters and that's how he would communicate. He would spell things out because he couldn't okay. speak. Okay. So you got a three, four year old kid who can spell anything, but he can't talk. Mm, wow. And so, you know, you just the tension of that and how do you work with him? And, you know, and, and his favorite show was Sesame Street. And his favorite part of Sesame Street, obviously beyond, you know, Elmo and the yeah, gang yeah, and everybody yeah. else, was at the end, the credits, because he could read. Oh, wow. So wow. You, it would be nothing to be walking around his house and see, like, executive producer, Stan Barkowski. You know, it's like, you know, he would spell. <laughs> That's all, amazing. Yeah. That's so So, cool. again, a little kid who can't talk. Yeah. And um, his parents walked in the kitchen one day, and I had this picture framed for years on my office. I need to find it again. He had spelled out on the kitchen floor, with God, all things are possible. Oh. So, um, wow. you know, so just that whole experience. <laughs> and incredible. so, you know, fast forward all these years. I know I'm taking some time to tell some stories no, no, here. No, no, fast yeah. forward all these years later, Morgan and I are living in New York City. Kieran is now probably 13, 14 years old. And um, they had to come to New York City um, I believe there were some some health challenges with either Ian or Jill. All that's fine now, but sure. they had to come to New York City. They reached mm-hmm. out to us, you know, hey, we've never been. We, yeah. you know, we live yeah. in the city. And so um, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the time, and I don't want to give out any names or anything like that, but there, there was an individual who was a part of our church family who was super connected to Sesame Street. 
because Sesame Street is filmed in Astoria, Queens, and we lived in Long Island City, Queens. And so I just said, I, you know, reached out to him. I said, you know, hey, man, I, I don't even know if y'all do stuff like this, but I told him the story yeah. of Kieran. I said, yeah. is there any way that you could, like, take them on a tour or kind of get them, you know, hooked up? He's like, absolutely. Oh, that's so, awesome. So, so cool. Jill and Ian and Kieran got to go tour uh, the children's workshop, you know, where yeah. they film Sesame Street, which is like a big deal. Like, you don't really get into that. Yeah, wow. yeah. And Jill told me later, she's like, it was kind of weird, like, seeing Elmo lean up against the wall. Like, is he dead? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Elmo, what's wrong, wait, man? Somebody wake him yeah. up, you know? But the best part of that story, and they were telling us this that night at dinner, um, and I was just like, only God, this is just how things work. Kieran now is a 13-year-old kid. You know, he, in fact, most people, if they'd hung around as a 13-year-old kid, they probably wouldn't have recognized autism. Sure. Yeah. He really worked so hard over the years, and he's, he's just a great kid anyway. So Kieran is a 13-year-old kid. Every time they met somebody who worked there, he would tell them their title. <laughs> He'd be like, uh, stagehand. You know, lighting. That's awesome. Yeah, executive producer, wow. assistant director. To the point they were like, get out here, Bob. You know, yeah, they, they yeah, were like yeah. bringing all these <laughs> yeah, people. Like, tell him your name. And like people who work like in second and third levels Never of the organization. Acknowledgement. Yeah. He wow. had memorized their names. Wow. So if if, if cool. they gave that, if they said, Kieran, here's the name, Kieran would immediately spit out what their job title was. And so it ended That's up, so he brought like all this joy and all That's this so life cool, man. to yeah. all these folks who, you know, they do these jobs every day, but they're not Elmo. You know, they're yeah, not yeah. Cookie right. Monster. Right, right. They don't Ever the get, they're job. behind the yeah, scenes. Yeah. And this kid from Knew East Tennessee knows who they are, yeah. right? So when you wow. ask me, like, what's the genesis of that? It, it's it's just been a part of my story. And then my sister ended up, this kind of became her career. Mm-hmm. And um, so obviously she and I are very close. And so when it comes to then the calling on my life to be a pastor of a local yeah. church, it's just always been a burden. Um and it's something that, you know, we've been here now for a while that we've talked about, right. you know, mm-hmm. for a while. And it's not like I got here and this conversation started. There have right. been people of Vaughn Forest that have been doing, doing this for, for years. Yeah. Right. This has been a priority, but the pandemic reset a lot of things. That's right. right. And so, you know, we are still are in many ways kind of rebuilding from that. And so I guess that would be the closest context to why, why now, now? Mm-hmm. Right. when yeah. we talk about now is the time. And we just really felt... Like, this is the time. Yeah. And we don't have all of the answers, but we have the space. We have the staff. We have the people. Mm -hmm. And I've always felt like when God shows you who the people are, that's the go. Yeah. Yeah. If God brings you the people to make something happen, go. Because God's people can figure out everything else. That's right. If you wait till you figure out everything else, you'll never do anything. And so I really just felt probably back in June, um, just a prompting, it might be time. And um, when I brought it up with you guys, I remember it was like everybody got really fired up. Yeah, and yeah. Um, in many ways, probably y'all were like, it's about time you're bringing this up. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's been a part of, um, of of my story and I have a heart for it. But I also understand what I don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that when we do something, we do it well, which is why I'm so grateful yeah. for Brad and Beth and Meredith and some yeah. of the folks you mm-hmm. heard from in the video who this is their expertise. Yeah. yeah. And they know how to lead this well. And obviously, we know how to pastor and care and love and right. shepherd. That's part of it. Right. Mm-hmm. But there is also an expertise that's needed. Correct. And I feel like God's brought us the people that have that expertise and um so really excited to get to do that so thanks for letting me tell a few stories no, but yeah, you know man. when you ask about the genesis of it i i it, it's just kind of 
a time for me to like really sit back and go, wow, this has yeah, kind of been something yeah. the Lord's, you know, kind of used in my life. Yeah. And I, and I love what you said there talking about how like now is the time, you know, because certainly a lot of work has gone into getting the space ready and, mm-hmm. you know, talking with folks, recruiting. I mean, your message this past week, lots of folks, but like to watch how everyone has come alongside this and to watch while certainly a lot of work, but the but the ease at which the Lord is making yeah, this it's kind of like us. lining yeah, up. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool to see. It's man, exciting. Yeah, and the stories are amazing, man. I hope you have some more that yeah, you can yeah, share. Yeah. Well, what's going to be fun for us as a church? And listen, there will be challenges. You know, yeah. it's not yeah. going to all be fun. That's right. But what will be fun are the stories. Yeah, um, they'll change your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, these, these individuals, they, they will leave their mark on you. You think you're serving them. Mm-hmm. You find out they're really the ones that are serving you. And so yeah. um, there's going to be a lot of stories that, yeah. that come out of this. That's exciting to that's, see. That's so cool, man. Um, so your first point was that uh, these individuals with special needs, they're created by God. And you said everybody was planned by God. Um, and that, that seems kind of simple in theory, but when you get to the topic of special needs, there's some big implications there. So let's unpack those implications. Yeah, I think it's important for us to really um, establish a biblical worldview mm-hmm. and, um, and then allow that to guide our thoughts mm-hmm. and guide our decisions and guide our conclusions. And so, you know, let's just talk about this for a minute. I, I alluded to it briefly, probably more so in the 11 o'clock service than I did at the 930 service. Yeah. But you know, we, we have an understanding. I mean, all of us have been at funerals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as pastors, we officiate funerals. And, you know, I have told many families, you know, over all the years of ministry, like, you know, Scripture is clear. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Right. So what's happening there? You know, do we want to say that we have a dual component nature? Do we want to say we have a... Um, triad component nature. Now we can really get philosophical for a little while in today's podcast if we want to, but let's just kind of stick with soul and body sure. okay. to make this a little more simple. So when I tell someone to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, I've just made a distinction. I've made a separation. Mm-hmm. This body is being placed in the ground. Your soul, for lack of a better word, is now with the Lord. Right, right. Well, when Jesus returns, and there's lots of questions about the timing of that and the process of that, and will there be a rapture and then the return, or will that be one and the same? And there's lots of different opinions on that. We'll Mm -hmm. tackle that at some point in the future (laughs) in a sermon series. (laughs) Yeah, follow-up question. When is that happening? (laughs) No, it's it's on the list. Oh, there we go. It may not be in 23, possibly in 2024, but, but, but at some point on the other side of the second coming of Christ, we will experience a reality of living in our resurrected bodies. Hmm. So our resurrected bodies. Well, what's the only example we have of a resurrected body in Scripture? What's well, Jesus? So when you study the 40 days of Jesus' life after the resurrection, two things become very clear. One, the disciples know who he is, but two, it's not quite like he was before. Right, yeah. He's walking through walls. There's yeah. holes in his hands. <laughs> he just appears. But yeah. it's not like they're like, Bob, you know, so they, they know it's just Jesus, okay? Right. So from that, we can glean some insight. Uh-huh. Jesus is alone, okay? Nobody compares to Jesus, mm-hmm. but we could surmise that in our resurrected bodies, familiarity and difference and how those two things come together. Now, I say all of that to say this. We put way too much value in the earthly body. We focus way too much on the earthly body. Mm. But if we for a second pull back and understand foundationally, sin has affected everything on this planet. Our bodies, creation, creatures, animals, 
weather patterns. Like, let's just go through the list. Nothing is as it should be because of sin. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, when you encounter someone who, by the world's standards, looks at this individual and says, there's a special need. Well, who came up with that label anyway? Mm. Well, that label was placed upon a conclusion that was reached that there's something different about this individual that from a percentage perspective places them in the category of unique. There's not as many people like them in the mm-hmm. world. Right. 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 Those of us who aren't in that category falsely conclude then then we are normal. And all of these labels and thought process and philosophy is a result of the world. Right. right. It's not a biblical yeah. worldview. The biblical worldview says if sin has affected everything, including our bodies, that includes everything about our bodies. Mm-hmm. From a physical ailment to a challenge that might exist in our brain or mm-hmm. some type of other neurological function that leads to, again, what the world would label as a handicapped or a limitation mm-hmm. sure. or a disability. Right. Okay, right. But if we understand biblically what, what we believe, all of our bodies go into the ground anyway. Mm-hmm. They all pass yeah, away. That's right. mm-hmm. And when we get into our resurrected bodies, we are now free from the effects of sin which in some individuals, it's more obvious to see what the effect of sin has looked like in that particular. Now, in God's sovereignty and in God's providential hand and God's providential guidance and wisdom, you know, why does that affect some people in other ways and others in other mm-hmm. ways? Yeah. Well, God's ways are not our ways. Right. We, we have finite understanding. He's an infinite <clears throat> God. But I do think it's helpful for us to just every now and then remind ourselves, let's not let the world shape the way we assess value in people's lives. Mm-hmm. So much of what the world, well, all of what the world says is that's dictated by the external. Right. That's dictated by yeah. your productivity. That's dictated by what you contribute. That's, that's right. Di- you see right. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. That, that's not our worldview. That's right. right. It, it's you, you're here. God created you. You have worth. You have value. Yeah. And the things that hold you back on this side of eternity won't it won't be that way forever yeah and when we're in eternity in our resurrected bodies these things it's going to be interesting to see how much more sense they make Mm -hmm. because you we do recognize if we read god's word that in eternity in our resurrected bodies there are responsibilities Mm -hmm. there are things we want to do that's right there is going to be and and so there's going to be a lot of folks who are surprised. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of people who the time that they had here on this earth, you know, life is preparation for eternity. Right. What they spent in their life in the preparation for eternity, those of us who may not have the same struggles, we could learn something. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So it really comes back to how are we approaching life and are we letting God's word and the biblical worldview guide us or are we kind of falling into the trap a little bit more in our thinking mm-hmm. of the way the world looks at things? Yeah. yeah. So a real quick point of clarity, we were talking about uh, the sermon on Jesus returning. You're saying that sermon is coming in 23 or 24, not necessarily that Jesus is returning. Because <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was a little, uh, yeah. I, I want to clarify You heard that. it here first. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no. 24 reasons Jesus will <laughs> return right. in 2024. I, I, yeah. I felt the book was coming. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that, no. That'll be the name of the sermon. Sorry, just, just, just in case anyone... I think we're 
going to do a sermon series in 2024 okay, yeah. on the end times and return to <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. But no, no I'm not it's coming. Saying, that's, 2024. That's so I was like, uh, hey, thank you for yeah. clarifying yeah, that. No, we don't want to yeah. produce heretics. No, I got you. No, and I loved what you said there about you know about our resurrected bodies eternity because you know heaven is not just all of us sitting around looking at each other. You know, I love what you said with that. I'm looking forward to that series coming in 2024 where we talk a little bit more about that. So one thing you said, you said that sometimes we unintentionally let the world steal our narrative when it comes to having purpose for our lives. So what did you mean by that? Let's unpack that a little bit more. And how can we keep that from happening? Yeah, a little bit of what I just talked about with the worldview. But then I would just say, you know, purpose has nothing to do with what the world would evaluate as contribution. Okay. So the world evaluates contribution by value from the world's standards. So um, I uh, was scrolling through social media this weekend, and um, I I happen to think everything that Dave Ramsey's written for financial principles are uh, really helpful. Mm -hmm. He can be a bit snarky sometimes, and that does turn people (laughs) off, you know? So whatever your opinion of him is, that's fine. You can have your opinion. But it was a a clip from a recent show he was doing where this guy called in, and they're having one of their conversations about debt and all these different kind of things and debt to income ratios and blah, blah, blah. So Dave was like, well, what's your, you know, what's your salary? And the guy says $320,000. And he hesitates and he says, a month. And Dave says, your salary is $320,000 a month? And he said, yeah. And he says, um, well, how is that? And he said, well, I started a digital marketing company a few years ago, and it's done really well. What do you think? <laughs> Dave <laughs> says, oh, how old are you? 24. So oh at 24 gosh. years old, the, this guy's figured out a business model in, in, yeah. a, in, in our God bless America, America capitalism that's generating $320,000 a month. Wow. Okay, so wow. that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> By the world standards, what he's contributing has a value of $320,000 a month. I got no issue with that because you know what? If that guy loves Jesus, that money's going to get used for a <laughs> lot right. of great things. Yeah, okay? Devil's had that money long enough. So <laughs> I just hope he goes to a good church and they put that money to use, you know, for missions Heck and yeah. a whole lot of other things, okay? But what I'm simply saying is a lot of times what we do is the same thing when it comes to purpose. Hmm. So, wow, you know, he's so gifted or she's so gifted. They're going to be able to do so much and contribute so much. And, and, and I do think that God has gifted us to contribute to the body and to serve one another with love. But, but let's not fall into the camp where we're looking at this more like the world where, you know, this guy's on a phone call and, and whatever he does has that much value to yeah. it. Because if you do that, it'll be easy to miss the purposes that some individuals have for their life that God has placed them here for that by the world's definition and standards, we may not as easily be able to spot that. And that's what I mean by letting the world steal our narrative. Okay. So listen, you may be a stay at home mom right now and you're listening to this and you know, you're, you're not the individuals that this discussion is focused on today, but by the world standards, you may not feel like you have a whole lot of purpose because you may not feel like you're contributing a whole lot. Right. Maybe you left a career to now stay at home and Mm -hmm. you're chasing toddlers around all day and changing diapers while your husband's out having lunch meals with people in the community and you're just like, you know, I just ate a toaster strudel. You know, it's like, <laughs> and so that can be a really challenging season sure. life. And, and you can feel like I don't have a lot of purpose because I don't feel like I'm, well, that that's that's you letting the world dictate that narrative to right. you. Mm-hmm. See right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. So at all times, we have to be careful about making sure that we don't do that. Because if you're here, God has a purpose for that's you. That's right. Mm-hmm. And you are making a difference, but you've got to let God sometimes show you that. Right. Mm-hmm. Because if, if you just, 
look to what the world says making a difference looks like, you may falsely reach the conclusion that you're not really living out of purpose. Right. Yeah. And do you think that sometimes, like, you may be in a season where you're feeling feeling that way and you feel like that's it's that way for the rest of your life where, no, you may just be in a particular season feeling like this, but, you know, down the road, it's gonna, you know, you mentioned a stay-at-home mom or dad or something along those lines. There may be something else that God's preparing you for or has in store for you down the road. Absolutely. And your purpose is tied to your identity. It's not tied to your performance. Right. Mm-hmm. It's tied to your identity. That's good. You have purpose because of who you are. Right. Yeah. Your, your purpose isn't dictated by once you start performing or doing or contributing. And in certain seasons of right. our lives, it can be a little easier to spot that than others. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I do think that's yeah. a helpful way of looking that's at that. That's good. That's really good. Uh, I got one more question. Why was this guy calling Dave Ramsey? Like, what what, what did he need yeah, Dave what? Ramsey's advice on making that much money a month? The, he had a $3,200 a month car payment. <laughs> that's why he was calling Dave Ramsey. <laughs> Well, just pay for it. That's what Dave Ramsey said. Just get rid of it. Which I was like, what car is that? (laughs) (laughs) So Dave Ramsey goes, write a check and don't have a car payment anymore. So that's why he was calling to ask if his debt to income ratio was off. (laughs) I can't even with that, man. He's 24, man. He's trying to figure this out. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, man. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail us with that. I I had to know. That's so great. Uh, so anyway, uh, <laughs> shifting gears, shifting back into our conversation, yeah. uh, Ephesians 2, 10, it says that we're God's masterpiece. Um, I know that there are some days where I don't feel very much like a masterpiece. <laughs> so, uh, there might be somebody listening now that, uh, that isn't feeling that way. So what would you say to them that's, they're not feeling like a masterpiece? Yeah. I mean, we all have to make sure we're very clear on who we let dictate to us mm-hmm. who we are. Yeah. The person who gives you your identity is the most important person in your life. Hmm. It might be a parent mm-hmm. that you have an estranged relationship with. It might be a parent who's no longer here. Mm-hmm. We run into that a lot of times when we you know, pray with folks and talk mm-hmm. with people. It might be a coach that you felt like never gave you a shot when you were a high school, you know, high school <laughs> yeah. athlete. You know, yeah. it might be your wife, it might be your husband, it might be your children, it might, it might be a coworker, it might be your boss, whatever person you place on the throne, who that person's opinion of you shapes the identity you have of yourself. Okay, if if that's anyone other than Jesus, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Maybe not today. But eventually, eventually okay. Yeah. So, who is it that you are letting dictate to you your identity? Mm. So, let's talk about Jesus. Jesus said you were worth purchasing on the cross through His mm. blood. That that you matter mm-hmm. enough for Him to sacrifice Himself to be to reconcile you back to God. So, your life and your worth and your purpose and being a masterpiece is tied solely to that. Mm -hmm. And when we forget that, which we will, Mm -hmm. because nothing about our world is telling us that. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, this is, you know, why do we talk about spending time in God's word? Why do we talk about Mm -hmm. praying? You know, a good, a good, you know, go through Galatians, go through Ephesians, go through Philippians, go through Colossians and pray a simple prayer. Hey, before I read this today, Lord, you know, there's a there's some things we need to talk about, mm-hmm. but you know, the first thing I need to ask you to do is help me remember who I am in you. Mm-hmm. You know, who do you see when you look at me? How do I make sure I keep my identity tied to you? Mm-hmm. And if you're a parent, this is part of parenting kids, especially as they get into the teenage years, that you're trying to help your teenagers 
first and foremost find their identity in Christ and who right. they are as a Christ follower, not even as your child, mm-hmm. right? You know, um, because obviously their peers so much, so many times that's who they've placed on that seat, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so you you if you're not feeling that, you know. We're forgetful. We have to be reminded. We have to go to God's word. But I would say that needs to become a, a habit and a part of your own spiritual journey with the Lord is that constant reinforcement of who is it that's dictating to your identity. Because mm-hmm. whoever that is, is the most powerful person in your life. Mm-hmm. And obviously, for those of us who are Christ followers, we want that to be Jesus. Right. right. If it's anybody other than him, all of the relationships in your life will suffer mm-hmm. from that. Yeah. So I really liked your point about how God wants to display his power through us. And you went on in that point to kind of talk about how some folks would wonder why a loving God would create uh, some of these situations that individuals with special needs and their families kind of kind of struggle with. You know, you, you talked about this a little bit, you know, the eternal perspective, you know, all that. What are some practical ways that we can right size our perspective on this, on this these situations that we encounter? Embrace your weaknesses. So, you know, Paul, who's pretty gifted, <laughs> I think that's all it meant. Yeah. So what does Paul tell us in 2 Corinthians? That that God's strength is perfected through his weaknesses. Hmm. So Paul's asking God to remove this, and God doesn't remove it. And eventually, over time, Paul recognizes that it's actually <clears throat> through this weakness that your power will be uh, best displayed. Hmm. That's true for Paul. It's true for the uh, the blind guy in John chapter 9 that mm-hmm. Jesus is talking about. This happens so God's power could be displayed. It's yeah. true for all of us as well. Mm-hmm. What we tend to do is push aside our weaknesses. We did this series in January of 2020. Um, it just I just popped back into my head. It was, a, it was a teaching yeah. series we did in January 2020 that when we have weaknesses, our natural tendency is to push those to the side, um, to ignore them. Certainly don't let anybody know about them. Right, yeah. Yeah. But, but what we see from the New Testament is if you allow those weaknesses to rise to the surface, if you embrace those weaknesses, if, if you don't try to act like they don't exist, that could be the very way you experience breakthrough in God's power. And it can be one of the ways that people actually see God in you. Wow. And that is so counterintuitive yeah. to the way we approach life. Again, yeah. we let the world dictate to us. Don't yeah. let people see you sweat. Don't let yeah, people yeah, see yeah. your weaknesses. Right. Don't show vulnerability. But yet it's in the weaknesses of our life that God has made strong. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the areas of our life that we know we don't have what it takes, right. but we put ourselves out there. Yeah. We, we hear this a lot with people when it comes to serving. I can never serve teenagers. I was an idiot when I was a teenager. It's like perfect. <laughs> we all will be great. Yeah. You know, I could never serve in the nursery or the preschool or the, I could. When you hear yourself saying, "I could never," here's what God says: You're Watch. finally where I need you to be. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> the moment you say, "I can't" or "I could never," God says, "All right, we're ready to go," because now you're going to recognize that moving forward, you're relying on someone's strength other than yours. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, this is a really good part of our spiritual growth is to is to embrace those weaknesses allow God to work through those. And then when he does, it's so obvious who gets the glory from it because mm-hmm. it's him. Because yeah. you know, this, I mean, hey, my own strength, there's no way I could do this. Yeah. So that's the practical implication of what we're talking about. John 9, yeah, I mean, I'm applying it to what we talked about in the message yesterday, but that principle is true for all of us, mm-hmm. that that God is looking for opportunities to display <clears throat> his power through you. Mm. Oftentimes, it's going to happen in areas that you don't necessarily feel equipped yeah. for. Right. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That those yeah. are the ways that God wants to use you. Well, and oftentimes, like I know, like, you know, those weaknesses, like you feel like a burden sometimes. And like when you, yeah. you know, express yeah. that to a fellow believer, or when you lean into something you never thought you could do, man, what a sense of freedom mm-hmm. that comes with that. So yeah, like God's power is displayed, but also for us personally, I have found 
like what a sense of freedom that brings. Good. Yeah. So you kind of touched on this. So John nine, uh, where Jesus heals the man who is blind from birth. Um, you know, wouldn't he have just rather been able to see? You know, I'm (laughs) I'm looking at that. Everybody calling him a sinner. Yeah. yeah, yeah, It's like, hey, you know, I just want to be able to see. So let's let's kind of. Let's kind of unpack that a little bit. The like, what's the lesson that we can pull from that? Yeah, I mean, I think the lesson we can pull from that is how amazing of all the people who have ever been blind on the planet that mm-hmm. that's what that guy's experience got right. to be. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's His pretty amazing. Pretty awesome. You know? Like in heaven one day, it's like everybody that was blind on Earth. You know, yeah. y'all sit in this section, <laughs> and that guy goes, "Hey, y'all read about me in John nine? What's <laughs> right, up?" Right, right. You know. Yeah. So yeah, there's been a lot of people who have right. been blind, but wow, this guy got yeah. healed. And he got to go before the Pharisees. Now, the funny part of that story, which I love scripture when it's just funny, is like they they uh, they, they don't bring him in first. They bring in his parents. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They bring in his parents, and his parents are like, um, he's kind of old enough to speak for himself. Yeah, Why don't, don't you go know. ask him? Which is his parents' way of totally throwing him under the right. bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're like, we, we don't have trouble. Yeah. Yeah. These are the Pharisees. They yeah, make yeah, the yeah. rules around here. You go. So they bring in him, and he's I like, that guy. I don't know who that is. <laughs> they keep asking him all these questions, and it's just like, these are... We 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 can't understand the irony of these passages because these are like the only educated people of the day. Right, <laughs> these are the people that can read the Pharisees, you right. know. And they're asking him all these questions, and he finally looks at them and goes, "Listen, guys, here's all I know." <laughs> I once was blind, but now I can see. What part of that don't yeah, y'all yeah. get, right? It's a mic drop moment. It's That's unbelievable. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and they kick him out of the temple. You know, so, you know, yes, all of that mm-hmm. is so we get John chapter 9. Yeah. Now, when it comes to the other ailments that everybody mm-hmm. struggles with, and, and, and we, we unpacked that earlier— you know, God and his providence and his wisdom and his sovereignty, you know, we, we do fall back on that. Mm-hmm. Hey, your ways are not our ways, and right. we're going to trust, and we're going to move forward. And one day, again, one day, there's going to be a whole lot of clarity to this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when we've been in heaven for millions of years, the time we spent here on this earth will look like such a blip on the radar. But right. it, everything about our life that doesn't make sense we have to look at that in in light of eternity, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a very common theme once the church starts after Acts chapter two. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were waiting for Jesus to come back any time, right? And throughout the yeah. entire New Testament, and so we have to live this life in light of eternity. And if we don't, there's going to be a lot of things that will that'll hold us up along the way when it comes to trusting God. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. good. So I loved your point about how we are here to honor these individuals with special needs and their families. Um, I, I know there's a lot of layers to honoring them. And so I kind of want to unpack this a little bit, both philosophical and, and practically. What does that look like? Yeah, I mean, we, we want to treat individuals with honor. Um, we don't want to make them feel like they they don't fit in sure. or they're not mm-hmm. included or yeah. they're not a part of the family. Right. And so uh, that's the foundation there, um, just making sure that those individuals feel that warmth and love and reception. But then practically speaking, you know, our goal is to the individuals that we're going to serve in this ministry help incorporate them into the life of our church. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever that looks like. Uh, but, you know, a way to honor them would be you know, figuring out how to do that in the season of life that they're in. Yeah. So I mentioned Kieran earlier. So, you mm-hmm. know, when I used to sit with Kieran in preschool class with my knees up to my ears because those <laughs> chairs were really short, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and we're coloring, you know, we're trying to honor Kieran. He's uh-huh. He's 
four and we're trying to help him figure out how to fit in with other four-year-olds. Well, that's right. honoring to him. But, you know, if Kieran was 40 and I was sitting in that preschool class with him, that wouldn't be honoring to right. him. That's mm-hmm. right. Okay. So what season of life is this individual in and, and how can we help acclimate them to the, to the body here at Vaughn Forest mm-hmm. based on that season of life? Does that mean that they get to help out in a particular area? Sure. You know, yeah. they get to serve in a particular area or, or they get to help have someone help them participate, you know, maybe in the worship, you know, uh, my sister Nan, you know, she leads a, a special needs ministry over at Bethlehem church. And, you know, one of the buddies over there, the, the lady that she serves, um, she can't lift her arm. She's in a wheelchair. So the way that she honors her is during the worship set. When she asks, she lifts her arms oh. for her. <laughs> so that's, Man, so that's, cool. that's how she's honoring her. <laughs> wow. You know, she wants to lift her hands in worship, but she, yeah. she can't unless right. someone lifts her arms for her. So that's honoring for her. And so it's going to look different for every single individual. Yeah. Reg- we know what's their age and what are the needs. And, and again, we will lean very heavily on the experts when it comes to helping right. figure out right. what that needs to look. No like. one size fits That's all correct. necessarily. That's correct. That's right. But but the value that will drive the decision making is honor. Mm-mm. That we will honor this individual and we will treat them with honor and we'll treat them with love. And then they will feel like they're a part of the church family in a way that makes them feel honored. That's awesome. That's so cool, man. Uh, so let, let's talk about A Night to Shine since we're talking about honoring. Um, yeah. I, that's coming I'm up excited about that. February 10th, right? Yep. So let's talk a little bit about that. So Morgan and I did this four years ago, um, and we were buddies. So, you know, like I, we, we, I mean, we had like dates, you know, so this was my date and that was her date. And, um, you know, we buddied up with them and it was just a blast. It was so much fun. And it was, it was, it was great just that. And, and I'm, I mean, like when we go to weddings, mm-hmm. like the reception, like I'm, I'm, hey man, I'm leading the charge to the dance floor. Let's go. All right. So I'm that guy. So Morgan laughs. Like every time we go to a wedding, she's like, now you are going to dance with me. Right. And I'm like, at some point. So like, I, I like to like circle up all the older ladies and get them out there and dance for and we get going. And I mean, I'm just like, let's go, you know? Right. So, I mean, we're oh here. It's a celebration, you know, let's have some fun. So yeah. that's just how I'm wired. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm impressed. So, um, for me, like these kind of evenings are great because, you know, we were just going to have a big party. Yeah. It's just going to be right. fun. So there is that. But then there's all the other, um, you know, we're kind of still working through a few of the details. You know, mm-hmm. what, you know, we're going to have a shoe shining station, a sure. place that, you know, get yeah. your nails done, you know, a limo to ride you red around carpet, in. We're all, definitely yeah. going to have the red carpet. Yeah. 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 But um, you're just trying to create a memorable <laughs> experience. Mm-hmm. And um, w- when you're a part of it and, and you help create that memorable experience for someone, and Tim Tebow said it great in the video, like you're a king and a queen every day. That's right. Not just tonight. But um, they leave that night knowing that. Mm-hmm. Someone told them that, and then someone treated them that way. And 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 they felt that. And so it's, um, it's a really, really powerful experience. And I would say that in all the years I've been in ministry, it's definitely in the top five of anything I've ever done. Wow. Yeah. So um, it was that... Um, that great of an experience, and um, and so I'm really fired up. We get to be a part of it. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's not easy to get yeah. to be a part of this. That's right. Yeah. They are super selective in how they because again, you could see after watching that video, yeah. they yeah. want to make sure that if they're going to put their name to this and they're mm-hmm. going to promote it, that that it's done the right, right. way. Yeah. So they as a big screening process, and so we're grateful for Thorington Road Baptist Church and the fact that they kind of had already been doing this for mm-hmm. a few years, and so we're able to do that partnership with them. They're a great church and we're super grateful for the impact they make in our community grateful for wind lakes yeah. um and just the <clears throat> facility they have and so um 
you know, we kind of just get to to do the fun part of serving, and there's a lot of different ways we can do that. I mean, yeah. clearly, you know, being a buddy is one right. option, mm-hmm. but there's also like the the red carpet uh, team and yeah. the yeah. greeters <laughs> and the celebrating and and um, so. If you want to be a part of the evening, you know, you just need to let us know. And there's going to be a little bit of a process to kind of figure out who does what. But, I mean, the thing I love about our church is everybody calls Vaughn Forest home. The attitude's like, man, just put them where you need me. That's right. Nobody's doing this for themselves. Like, we're doing this to serve. And so Mm -hmm. I love that. Our church is like that about everything. Yeah, Yeah. And so I know that, you know, everybody will be that way about this. But, yeah, if if you're available that night and and you have, you know, don't have everything scheduled already to be out of town— I would encourage you to be part of it. It's yeah. it's a pretty cool thing to get to serve and, and yeah. love um, some individuals and some families in yeah. a way that um, that maybe they don't feel every other day of the year. And then mm-hmm. obviously for us, we, we we we're not trying to be pushy, but we do want these families to know, hey, there's a church that loves you and is for you and right. wants yeah. you here. And maybe some relationships get formed yeah. that allow us over time to build trust and perhaps get those families connected here to Vaughn Forest through our VF Buddies ministry. That's really good. Well, and if folks want to get involved with Night to Shine or VF Buddies, like we'll have some opportunities on the weekend. You can sign up Mm -hmm. on a connection card. I mean, shoot shoot us an email. I mean, chad.boke.vaughnforest.com, you know, matt.collins, adam.bishop. We would love to to help folks out with that. Uh, But what what an incredible opportunity we have. I'm really excited for this initiative. I know that in 2023 and beyond, like we're going to see this ministry explode. God's going to do incredible things. We're going to get to serve these families. Families. Uh, I, I was really, you know, I think back to that video we showed where Brad and Beth were talking about how so many of these families feel isolation. Mm-hmm. They don't ever get to feel like there's anyone there. They don't feel like they can go to the store. And so the opportunity to get to be the hands and feet of yep. Jesus, to love on these families, man, I, I'm so excited about that. I know our folks are too. Yeah, a lot of people are yeah, excited about it. It's going to be great. So we're continuing our series this Sunday morning, 930 and 11. We're back in the swing of things. It's a mm-hmm. new year. Uh, I'm really excited for this Sunday. We'll be talking about another one of our initiatives. Mm-hmm. And so make sure you join us here at Vaughn Forest Church. If you can't join us, you can always join us online, vaughnforest.com. And uh, just looking forward to all that God is going to continue to do. So thank you for joining us today on behalf of Adam Bishop, Matt Collins, Sound Guy Jonathan, myself. We appreciate it and we will catch you next time.